Welcome to Bite at a Time Books Behind the Story, where we answer the questions you have about your favorite classic authors. What inspired your favorite author to write their novels? What was going on in the world at the time? Follow along with us as we tell you what was happening in the world while your favorite authors wrote your favorite classics. My name is Bree Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes, but also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show and YouTube, where we have special behind the narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear a book by the author, check out the Bite at a Time Books podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we'll be learning about the career of L. Frank Baum. Theater. Baum embarked on his lifetime infatuation and wavering financial success with the theater. A local theatrical company duped him into replenishing their stock of costumes on the promise of leading roles coming his way. Disillusioned, Baum left the theater temporarily and went to work as a clerk in his brother-in-law's dry goods company in Syracuse. This experience may have influenced his story, The Suicide of Kieros, first published in the literary journal The White Elephant. A fellow clerk one day had been found locked in a storeroom dead, probably from suicide. Baum could never stay away long from the stage. He performed in plays under the stage names of Louis F. Baum and George Brooks. In 1880, his father built him a theater in Richburg, New York and Baum set about writing plays and gathering a company to act in them. The Maid of Iran proved a modest success, a melodrama with songs based on William Black's novel A Princess of Thule. Baum wrote the play and composed songs for it, making it a prototypical musical, as its songs relate to the narrative, and acted in the leading role. His aunt Catherine Gray played his character's aunt. She was the founder of Syracuse Oratory School and Baum advertised his services in her catalog to teach theater, including stage business, playwriting, directing, translating, French, German, and Italian, revision, and operettas. On November 9, 1882, Baum married Maud Gage, a daughter of Matilda Jocelyn Gage, a famous woman suffrage and feminist activist. While Baum was touring with The Maid of Iran, the theater in Richburg caught fire during a production of Baum's ironically titled parlor drama, Matches, destroying the theater as well as the only known copies of many of Baum's scripts, including Matches as well as Costumes. The South Dakota Years In July 1888, Baum and his wife moved to Aberdeen, Dakota Territory, where he opened a store called Baum's Bazaar. His habit of giving out wares on credit led to the eventual bankrupting of the store, so Baum turned to editing the local newspaper, the Aberdeen Saturday Pioneer, where he wrote the column Our Landlady. Following the death of Sitting Bull at the hands of Indian agency police, Baum recommended the wholesale extermination of all of America's native peoples in a column that he wrote on December 20, 1890. It is unclear whether Baum meant it as a satire or not especially since his mother-in-law, Matilda Jocelyn Gage, received an honorary adoption into the Wolf Clan of the Mohawk Nation and was a fierce defender of Native American rights. 
But on January 3, 1891, he returned to the subject in an editorial response to the Wounded Knee Massacre. The pioneer has before declared that our only safety depends upon the total extermination of the Indians. Having wronged them for centuries, we had better, in order to protect our civilization, follow it up by one more wrong and wipe these untamed and untamable creatures from the face of the earth. Baum's description of Kansas in The Wonderful Wizard of Oz is based on his experiences in drought-ridden South Dakota. During much of this time, Matilda Jocelyn Gage was living in the Baum household. While Baum was in South Dakota, he sang in a quartet which included James Kyle, who became one of the first populist, People's Party senators in the U.S. Writing Baum's newspaper failed in 1891, and he, Maud, and their four sons moved to the Humboldt Park section of Chicago, where Baum took a job reporting for the Evening Post. Beginning in 1897, he founded and edited a magazine called The Show Window, later known as The Merchant's Record and Show Window, which focused on store window displays, retail strategies, and visual merchandising. The major department stores of the time created elaborate Christmastime fantasies, using clockwork mechanisms that made people and animals appear to move. The former Show Window magazine is still currently in operation now known as VMSD Magazine, Visual Merchandising Plus Store Design, based in Cincinnati. In 1900, Baum published a book about window displays, in which he stressed the importance of mannequins in drawing customers. He also had to work as a traveling salesman. In 1897, he wrote and published Mother Goose in Prose, a collection of Mother Goose rhymes written as prose stories and illustrated by Maxfield Parrish. Mother Goose was a moderate success and allowed Baum to quit his sales job, which had had a negative impact on his health. In 1899, Baum partnered with illustrator W.W. Denslau to publish Father Goose, his book, a collection of nonsense poetry. The book was a success, becoming the best-selling children's book of the year. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz In 1900, Baum and Denslow, with whom he shared the copyright, published The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, to much critical acclaim and financial success. The book was the best-selling children's book for two years after its initial publication. Baum went on to write 13 more novels based on the places and people of the Land of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, Fred R. Hamlin's Musical Extravaganza Two years after Wizard's publication, Baum and Dinslow teamed up with composer Paul Teachjens and director Julian Mitchell to produce a musical stage version of the book under Fred R. Hamlin. Baum and Teachjens had worked on a musical of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz in 1901 and based closely upon the book, but it was rejected. This stage version opened in Chicago in 1902, the first to use the shortened title The Wizard of Oz then ran on Broadway for 293 stage nights from January to October 1903. It returned to Broadway in 1904, where it played from March to May, and again from November to December. It successfully toured the United States with much of the same cast as was done in those days, until 1911, and then became available for amateur use. The stage version starred Anna Laughlin as Dorothy Gale, alongside David C. Montgomery and Fred Stone as the Tin Woodman and Scarecrow, respectively, which shot the pair to instant fame. The stage version differed quite a bit from the book. 
and was aimed primarily at adults. Toto was replaced with Imogen the Cow and Trixie Trifle, a waitress, and Pastoria, a streetcar operator, were added as fellow cyclone victims. The Wicked Witch of the West was eliminated entirely in the script, and the plot became about how the four friends were allied with the usurping wizard and were hunted as traitors to Pastoria II, the rightful King of Oz. It is unclear how much control or influence Baum had on the script. It appears that many of the changes were written by Baum against his wishes due to contractual requirements with Hamlin. Jokes in the script, mostly written by Glenn McDonough, called for explicit references to President Theodore Roosevelt, Senator Mark Hanna, Reverend Andrew Dancor, and oil tycoon John D. Rockefeller. Although use of the script was rather freeform, the line about Hanna was ordered dropped as soon as Hamlin got word of his death in 1904. Beginning with the success of the stage version, most subsequent versions of the story, including newer editions of the novel, have been titled The Wizard of Oz, rather than using the full original title. In more recent years, restoring the full title has become increasingly common, particularly to distinguish the novel from the Hollywood film. Baum wrote a new Oz book, The Marvelous Land of Oz, with a view of making it into a stage production, which was titled The Wogglebug, but Montgomery and Stone balked at appearing when the original was still running. The Scarecrow and Tin Woodman were then omitted from this adaptation, which was seen as a self-ripoff by critics and proved to be a major flop before it could reach Broadway. He also worked for years on a musical version of Ozma of Oz, which eventually became the TikTok Man of Oz. This did fairly well in Los Angeles, but not well enough to convince producer Oliver Morosco to mount a production in New York. He also began a stage version of The Patchwork Girl of Oz, but this was ultimately realized as a film. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books behind the story today, while we answered some of the questions you have about one of your favorite classic authors. Again, my name is Brie Carlisle, and I hope you come back next time when we answer more questions about one of your favorite classic authors. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the links for our show.